The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a more effective way to communicate using data. Joining us is Kristen Sosalski, who is an associate professor at NYU Stern and the author of Data Visualization Made Simple. Kristen's book is a practical guide to the fundamental strategies and real-world cases for data visualization that offers practitioners in almost every field a coherent way to share findings from their original research, big data, and learning analytics. Today, Kristen is going to talk us through the underlying process of collecting and analyzing a data set to set you up for successful visualization. Here's our interview with Kristen Sosalski, Associate Professor at NYU Stern and the author of Data Visualization Made Simple. Kristen, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. You're actually the second professor from NYU that we've had on the show. We had John Chang, who is a member of the Forbes 30 Under 30. It seems like you have something that's going well in terms of the MarTech community at NYU. It's an honor to have you here. Woohoo! I'm excited to be here. Thanks. I would say go NYU mascot, but I am actually not sure what NYU's mascot is. A bobcat. Go Bobcats. Actually, I went to Boston University, which I consider to be a little bit of a rival academically to NYU. So maybe I should be saying go Terriers. But either way, I'm happy to have you here. <laughs> Let's start off by talking a little bit about your background. Tell the listeners in the MarTech community about who you are, what you teach, and just the background for how you decided to write a book about data visualization. Absolutely. So I've been a professor in the business school ever since 2011, and I've been teaching at the university level probably since something like 2004. So my passion for communicating information and data and insights really started when I was in grad school, working on my doctoral research and other things and having to have the challenge of communicating out important data and important insights. My background really is I started at NYU Stern School of Business as an undergraduate studying information systems at the Web 1.0 era, and everything was definitely data-related. So throughout my career, I've always been kind of at the center of business education and technology. So my work at Stern not just covers teaching, I teach courses in data visualization, obviously. I've just started teaching an online certificate in visualizing data open to the entire world offered through Stern. 
And I also teach courses in programming, specifically R. In the past, I've taught courses in Java and other technologies. And I'm also the director for our learning science lab here. So the work that I do there is also working with a lot of data, also in the design of learning experiences. So these might be online learning experiences or on-site ones, but ones where we put the student at the center of the learning. And we look at those analytics to see those things that make a difference. So you've had some experience in, I don't know whether you call it the private sector or outside of academia. I see that you worked in software working at Merrill Lynch. There was another software consultation at the Robin Hood Foundation. But the vast majority of your career has been in academics and actually in New York, coincidentally. It looks like you were at Columbia as well. Yes, that's correct. And I really see myself as an educator. And I see visualization as a tool to communicate and educate others about those great findings. So a true teacher from the most underlying sense, and it's really where your career has been focused. So sounds like we're going to go to school on some data collection, analysis, and visualization practice. Let's start off by just some of the underlying things before you are going to visualize data. This show talks to a community of marketers who are constantly trying to get their point across about why their products and services are differentiated in the marketplace. So talk to us a little bit about when you're collecting data, when you're trying to prove a point, how do you think about putting your data sets together and how do you make sure that you have clean data to be able to accurately represent the point you're trying to make? Well, first, I mean, you want to know what your data represents in the real world. We have data that represents some real world phenomena. And then the idea is that we are then encoding that real world phenomena into shapes and colors, right? (laughs) Through data graphics. So while that sounds simple, right? The hardest part is seeing if your questions can be answered with the data that you have. So first you want to come up with a set of questions that are interesting or that will probe further data exploration. And then those can help you develop what we call a data understanding. And an important piece of metadata that's important in this data understanding is something called a data dictionary. This is those readme files that you sometimes get with data sets that tell you what all the different columns mean or the variables in your particular data set. What kind of data types they are? Are these integers? Are these categorical variables? Are you expecting this value to have a type string or to be text, for instance? So in addition to having the data dictionary, it also defines the meaning of each variable. So if you get something like date, well, date can be anything. You might be collecting data for every day in the year, or it might be for every minute in the year. So we really want to understand what's called the level of detail. So I'm not going to tell you what happens minute by minute if I don't have minute by minute data. I think the underlying thing that you're saying is the first part when you're putting your data set together is understand what data you have and understand the rules behind each number where each chart and each data set is going to be a little different based on how you're collecting your data. And you use date as an example. Does your timestamp when you're collecting data go by day, go by minute, go by hour, go by second? What's the data definition that you're using to make sure that you're accurately representing that data when you put your chart together? So once you have an understanding of what type of data you have and you're starting to do your analysis, There is an influx of tools and services that can help you start building data analysis out there. Everything from Google Analytics, Excel, business intelligence tools. How do you think about what is the right tool set to use when you're trying to analyze your data? 
Well, I mean, of course it's driven by the questions that I have. And if I don't really know a lot about my data and I've gone through the process of looking through that special data dictionary, I'll probably run some summary statistics. And I'll probably also look at maybe do something like a correlation matrix to see if any of the variables in my data set are correlated with one another. And then I might start looking at, is there any way that I kind of categorize or group these data? For instance, maybe I shouldn't be looking at data at a yearly perspective. Maybe I want to look at it by season because seasonality, I know intuitively through my work in this field that seasonality has an impact. So this is where you start formulating those questions based on not only what the data tells you, but also some intuitions and experience that you can use to guide. You mentioned intuition and experience. You know, it sounds like your recommendation is when you're originally starting to do your analysis, you have to use some judgment and you're kind of playing around a little bit when you come into a new data set to see where there is correlation, what metrics, what analysis you could put together that's going to make some sense. But really, you have to understand your business and have a sense of what you're trying to accomplish first. Absolutely. And then as you start developing those questions, you really want to make sure that you're doing that in tandem with some consideration towards your audience. What is it that's going to be valuable to them? How are you going to use the answers to these questions? Sometimes when I write down my questions that are kind of guiding my analysis, I also try to answer them before really digging into the data or modeling it or what have you, just to see what I think a valuable answer may be. And if that question is even worth exploring. Because if you get an answer like yes or no, (laughs) it might not be that interesting. Or perhaps it is. It really depends on the context. So you bring up a good point where I feel like there is pressure on marketers. The KPIs that we are held to often are revenue, new user acquisition, and business results. So oftentimes, our hope is that when we receive a data set about our business, it comes up going up and to the right. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How do you avoid being influenced by what you want the results to be and what the results actually are? Well, there's a couple of ways to look at it. 
are you just simply reporting on the past? Are you just telling me what happened? This is kind of where sales have, have been going. Are you trying to explain to your audience what's happening in the current moment? And the current moment is defined by the organization. Do we just mean kind of like today or this past month or this past quarter? Whatever we think kind of the now is for our business. And then lastly, are you trying to make some forecasts or predictions for the future? All those are different types of presentations of data. So remember, the reporting one is very descriptive. It's kind of emotionless. It's kind of like, this is what's happened. Rather than this is what's happening now, and this is why, it's offered with an explanation. And should we continue in this pathway versus if we are to change X and Y, these are some ways that the outcomes may look in the future. So is there a hard and fast rule to make sure that revenue is going up and to the right? No, but that's for the analysts to build the case for how he or she sees that happening. As much as I joke around about making sure that your business results end up being forward, one of the hardest parts about data visualization to me is merging multiple different data sets. I look at Google Analytics, I look at podcast downloads, I'm pulling in stats from LinkedIn and disparate advertising services and CRM data, and none of them use the same metrics. And it's a nightmare. And a lot of what I'm doing, I'm a relatively early stage small business, is licking my finger, putting into the wind and seeing what direction the wind is blowing. For people that are a little bit more sophisticated, working on enterprise scale problems, how do you recommend they approach merging multiple data sets? Again, it's how are you going to use the information? Obviously, it's possible to merge multiple data sets in a way to give you information in a coherent way. So that way is using dashboards. So now I'm able to see the results of, let's say, my different Twitter campaigns versus Facebook versus LinkedIn versus my actual stats on my podcast on my webpage. So I can have a kind of a data set of these different metrics that are being pulled in from multiple sources. And that can be helpful. But now that I see this, what's the action that one will take? And what is good versus great versus outstanding in terms of the performance on these different platforms? So it's much more than just merging the data sets together. I mean, that's an easy thing to do. You can have multiple feeds coming into a dashboard at once, but then it's how you evaluate it. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes we already have some of those metrics and being able to overlay those on top of the data that's coming in. So we have some qualitative measures in terms of we can look at something at a glance and say, oh, my Twitter campaign is actually performing below average compared to last year at this time or compared to a similar campaign. Are there any tools in terms of merging data and then getting it to a place where you could start doing your visualizations that you lean towards or is it always situational? There are certainly a lot of different tools out there. You can kind of look at it through a few different perspectives. So you can say, what are those basic productivity tools that are out there? And that's your Google Data Studio or Google Sheets, where you can also connect to different data sources and be able to visualize those. And that's kind of your simple, just getting started approach. You can also use some more sophisticated business intelligence tools, ones that are designed especially for visualization. Tableau is just an example of one of those. It seems like there's sort of this middle class of tools where I think of Tableau and Microsoft BI and some of those larger tools being primarily made for enterprises. And then there's products like, I think it's Looker and Grow. There's a whole handful of cloud visualization and dashboarding tools. Have you used any of those? Do you have any experience? And what's the difference between those and the Tableaus of the world? 
I don't actually have much experience with those cloud-based solutions that you mentioned. Tableau is, I would say, not just for enterprises. We use it a lot in the classroom and with executives that are maybe new to working with data. And it's actually pretty straightforward to use. Where it becomes really enterprise is when you want to share that information across an organization. And that's where having a product that's institutionalized and built into the culture of the organization really makes a difference. I think you bring up a good point in terms of how to share data and a visualization methodology. It is about building it into the culture and having a data-centric approach. Do you have any tips for adopting a tool, building it in, making sure that everybody is on the same page in terms of the integration? I definitely do. First, you want to make sure that you have just an understanding of what data the organization has and who has access to it. So setting up some data governance rules, some rules around data collection, around data sharing and access, all those things are going to be really important as your foundation. And then secondly, figuring out generally like how people across the organization can use this data to answer questions that are pertinent to their everyday activities. And once you have those and you have built a use case across the organization for access and use of this data, and then it's about picking out the systems and having leadership and influencers within the organization incorporate this into their practice. This is the way that we demonstrate quarterly reports. This is the way that we showcase any new initiatives. So it's kind of building in that data-driven decision-making approach into an organization and showcasing the importance of it by having these data portals and ways for anyone in the organization to have access to this important data. So help me here. At the end of the day, when you're summarizing the things that you need to do before you start working on your visualization, we talked about understanding what data you actually have coming up when using some intuition and thinking about what problems you're trying to solve, thinking about what platforms you have, who has access to the data. Is there anything else pre-visualization that marketers need to think about? So the format in which you're going to deliver those data graphics, is this something that you're delivering like in person with your own narration in a PowerPoint? Is this something that you're delivering over the web and it's something that you want your users or customers to explore and interact with? Is it an app? Or is this something that's going to be like a paper report or a PDF that's going to an executive that might require different kinds of textual explanations versus verbal ones, for instance? So the context is also important when you're prepping to do your data visualization, when you're doing your analysis, understanding what the medium of delivery is going to be as well. Absolutely. Okay, great place to park for today. And we're going to pick up this conversation tomorrow when we talk about some of the tips for doing your data visualization. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Kristen Sosolsky, Associate Professor at NYU Stern and the author of Data Visualization Made Simple for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Kristen is going to walk us through her tips for creating better data visualizations. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kristen, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could send her a tweet at Sosolsky, S-O-S-U-L-S-K-I, or you can visit her website, kristensosolsky.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-O-S-U-L-S-K-I.com. Or if you're interested in reading Kristen's book, you can go to the URL becomingvisual.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Kristen Sosalski, associate professor at NYU Stern and author of Data Visualization Made Simple, we've got great episodes lined up for the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.